think, to be honest, if you've not dipped your toe or you've or you've dipped your toe into the fitness world before and not really stuck at it, my advice would be get some guidance, get some perfect, whether it's one-to-one personal training, whether it's a group environment, but have someone to help you with your journey, if you want to call it that, um, just to get started, to give you a little bit of knowledge about what, what you're doing, why you're doing it, <clears throat> which ultimately leads to making progress, which, again, will give you, will generate that discipline that you need to keep going. But they were able to evidence um, and demonstrate that they made one million pounds extra profit to the bottom line as a result of that initiative, and, and wow. for all the reasons I just gave, you know, those things like low productivity, low morale, absenteeism, presenteeism, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and interestingly, Brian, as well, you know, presenteeism—that's that's going to work when you're not really well enough to go to work, but you go because you think you should, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that presenteeism costs twice as much more to the business than absenteeism. Because people are not being wow. effective, they're, they're yeah. causing toxic relation, to, toxic relationships within the workplace. They might be uh, losing their temper all the time. They might not be friendly with their uh, colleagues. You know, all those things that can happen when we're feeling low about ourselves uh, creates uh, a toxic relationship within the business. Um, so that's really what that um, what that's all about. So I think that that culture within the business is the, is the really important thing that I feel uh, that demonstrates is, is lacking. Uh, and the trade body, interestingly as well, the trade body uh, was the similar result. And I think that shows that the trade body needs to look at how they're supporting their members. Uh, with Armour, um, we uh, came up with this unreasonable behaviour policy. It was something that Armour had had in, in the past, but this was a chance to really revamp it and, and bring it to the fore. Um, and, and what that enabled firms to do where, where they didn't have any policies in place for abuse of staff is just to, to use that, to, to put it immediately into place and in effect in their businesses and have a series of ways to identify something was abuse, um, to record it um, and to have a process in order to manage it and take action around it. You're taking somebody away from an environment to sit with you for 15 minutes you're reducing their cortisol levels, you're encouraging their serotonin levels in the body, you're just getting them away from everything. The understanding of factoring in our society is probably our biggest challenge. People buy a house and they pay their council tax and they expect to, to, to have to have everything available to them. You know, So along comes a factor and says, right, okay, you have to pay for, whether it's an open space site, you have to pay for the landscaping, you need to pay for X, Y, and Z. Well, if you owned a house that was sitting in this own location, you would pay for the landscaping to make sure it's cosmetically good and it adds value to your property. Similarly, with blocks of flats, you, you know, it has to be insured, it has to be cleaned, it has to be maintained. You, you know, you, you have to carry out improvement works, and 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 a lot of the time there's that missing link. You know, we always say that the you know in the world of residential property factoring that the downsizers. Um, people who are downsizing into flats need educated on factoring. Um, people who are first-time buyers need educated in factoring. Somewhere in the middle there, there's people who have had the experience of it and understand it better. So we as an industry need to get that that out there. Um, yep, I've, I've been on council for five years now, I think it is. Um, and during that time, PMES has really kind of transformed itself um, and really, really developed and grown. Um, in recent times, there's obviously been the involvement in the cladding crisis, which is ongoing, um, with David Reid sitting in the Ministerial Working Group. 
We've also got the representation for our members on things like the Code of Conduct Review um, and other legislative matters. And we have also just had our first kind of joint IRPM PMES online seminar, um, which was carried out and that was really successful with a, a huge turnout and a high level of engagement from, from everyone. Um, and that is hopefully the first of many collaborative ventures um, with IRPM and PMES going forward. It's, it's difficult because there is no easy way because there's, yeah. there's legislation challenges. Obviously, Property Managers Association was calling for some primary, secondary or amended legislation um, to, to try and drive forward the unintended consequence of freehold tenure, um, driven by, in many cases, the apathy um, of homeowners within large-scale developments to, to, to understand. And when I say apathy, I mean it with the greatest respect. They, 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 do not realise what their obligations as a duty holders for for the development are, um, and making sure that they have to play their part in, in, in solving this. But so far, the Scottish Government are taking it in the right direction. It is a slow process. The pilot um, stage of this for 25 developments um, has led to people finding their way through, um, through, the, through the crisis. But I can see I can see a, a, an end result that that maybe isn't as far off as, as as we think it is. And when nothing happens, you assume that the factor is doing nothing. Mm-hmm. You maybe don't understand that you know the factor is running around trying to get other owners to sign up, and people are refusing. You know, going back to the thing about enforcing repairs. Um, and I think it would really help if factors had really good communication systems for telling owners what's happening and just saying we are still waiting for some owners to get back to us or, you know, we are trying to get quotes. You know, just letting people know that things are happening. It's not just nothing that's happening because if they don't hear anything, they assume it's nothing happening. One of the things other people on the podcast um, talk about often is the kind of challenges they face within the industry. Because I mean, it's not an easy industry to work in, you know, and, and, no. and you know, we've spoken a lot about um, the IRPM survey over the years and, and, and these sorts of things. But what challenges have you faced in the industry? I think um, the diversity of the industry, I think no day is like another, which I personally found as a challenge to to begin with um, until I had the experience and knowledge where obviously anybody would gain confidence. But I did find it quite overwhelming at times to start with. There's a lot to learn, but I think if you have the right support um, and the right training, it'll give anybody the right the kind of foundations to build upon. Been driven by things like the Property Factors Act, because obviously all factors must have a written statement of services, which sets out effectively a service level agreement saying that exactly this is what you will fa- your factor will do, and this is exactly what they're going to charge for the service. So that information is certainly a whole lot better than it was before the Property Factors Act, and and you know a lot of factors will now use you know, client portals, which you'll be familiar with. Um, they'll use, you know, good information on website. They'll use customer guides and so on. So I I, I think that, that whilst there's always a need to make sure that people are properly educated, and that is absolutely the role of the factor, I, I, I think by and large, we're much better at doing that than we were before. I think the information is is much wider it's much clearer it's much better and the second point of that is connected up with that is how what that means for for factoring um and property management and i think 
ultimately, and this gets down to sort of a core element of, of what we're talking about, is that, I mean, ultimately, having owners associations um, benefits um, property managers um, and and vice versa from the other perspective as well. The property managers will find benefit in having owners associations, having a central contact, having someone that they can, an organization um, set up that they can talk to, that they've got a, a contact person, a regular contact person that they can go and speak to and they know, and that person knows what is required of them in order to make, in order to approve repairs that need to be done and all the rules that are around that. What are the plans for learning and development at TPI? Well, this uh, this merger is really big thing for us that will yeah. open the doors to uh, wider audiences for us and also will allow us to improve our offerings to to our members on both sides. So um, one thing uh, you will be interested in is our brand new uh, factoring qualifications. Uh-huh. that we launched uh, last year. So that's something that's already happened. Uh, and we uh, have a few candidates who's already been through the course and passed the final exam. And the feedback was very, very positive. So we are very proud of that because that's yes. been long time coming, few years in development. Uh, we had uh, Scottish academics um, who wrote it for us and it was all overseen by our Scottish working group. So it's, you know, perfectly built for uh, for our Sc- Scottish members. I would say that solicitors are the first point of contact for people buying leasehold property. So they have their role explaining to them, you know, what what the leasehold is, what what's what's their rights, responsibilities, what is service charge, why why they are required to pay for pay that and what it includes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I bought property myself and I didn't need to have that conversation, but nobody asked me, nobody tried to explain. Um, so I think uh, solicitors would be the first one um, to bring um, as part of the solution. Um, so what would you say is the culture of your organisation and how do you maintain it and how do you nurture it? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the culture of our business is very much what our first value says, which is happiness first. Yeah. So as, as a business, our first value and our core value is happiness first. Uh, nothing happens, in my opinion, in business unless you have a happy team. Yeah. Uh, and a happy team will flow all the way through to happy clients, happy suppliers, uh, happy partners, happy whatever. So, you know, having that happiness first for me is what the culture of Indigo Swan is. That That's very much where we are. That's very much what we're about. Um, you know, that, that needs to be balanced for me with a good level of performance. And it needs to be balanced with a level of help and care from the leaders in the business. We closely work with clients in property factoring sector, assist them with insurance claims submitted by them or their clients. Um, we can all understand the importance of property factor in Scotland and they have a difficult job so the inquiries that they deal with day to day can be cumbersome so when it comes to claims we just try and take the lead as the claims experts and assist owners, property managers through the claims process. Um, but one of the difficulties is that within this 
single building assessment, instructions have to be given to people to undertake the work and you know, so on and so forth. Actually, some factors are really worried. Actually, should, should we be doing that? Or perhaps should isn't the right word. Can we be doing that? Because actually, would our professional indemnity cover cover that sort of input into this process? Mm -hmm. And that's quite a big issue. And professional indemnity cover is a big issue across the board. I mean, it's it's difficult to know because I I think if you were to if you were to focus on in this question on on the core elements, I would I would think and, and expect those same core elements will be as present in five years time as they were five, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Because at the core of what what um, what we need to do and what a client wants is good customer service. They want us to be providing the right property management services at the right point, delivering it in the right way to address what their needs are. You know, I think we've got a good, a good team um, culture, um, and that has come almost like verified by new members of staff that join us. Uh -huh. um, we have teams um, within the business, but no matter what team you're in, there's other people, and that team will help. So we've got a culture of, you know, it's not just there's not this tunnel vision in relation to what that person does. If uh -huh. someone's sitting next to them across from them, struggling. They'll help them out, and the only reason that, that jumps out to me, genuinely, Brian, I literally recently someone joined the business and working through appraisals at the moment, um, and they've said they just are kind of blown away by the level of support that they get, not just from the exec board and 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 their team leaders, but from their colleagues. Yeah, and that that comes from I've always always wanted to uh, in my business have people just want to help one another. It was actually um, something we implemented for property management firms, which was an approach to bulk tendering. And yep. it was the way in which we developed a solution for aligning contract end dates, having fewer number of suppliers, but really providing value to property management firms and then obviously residents. So yep. by pooling everything together and um, creating like almost a property management or property manager's own little mini basket type thing. So uh, each company has its own tender. But we can tender 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 metres at a time. Right. So it makes decision-making much quicker. It makes admin much quicker. It makes the time burden for property management firms much, much lower. Picture a world where uh, every property manager, every property manager that was on your books uh, was fully competent. You know, they knew exactly what they were doing. They had a sure touch, a mature touch, um, a wise head uh, on their shoulders. Um, how smoothly would your business run then? Yeah. And so, um, you know, a, a business needs more than just competent people. It needs to have um, good governance. It needs to have good systems. Um, it needs to be up to date. Um, that's where the business support side of TPI comes in. But the, um, from a qualifications point of view, if every property manager was um, you know, competent and, and confident, then you would, have, uh, you would be a long way towards having a, a, a better industry and indeed a kinder and more enjoyable industry to work in. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not sure it educates the right word. I think making people aware of the responsibilities, but that 
you know, comes probably way before they've even bought the property. Yeah. Um, and there is, you know, there has been changes afoot over the past past few years where, you know, historically you would see people coming in, they had no idea who the factor was or that they even had a factor. Um, then, you know, the first thing is maybe a notification of a, an introductory letter, which, you know, certainly we do, and I'm, I'm sure everyone else does as well. And you would get a phone call saying, uh, who are you and what are you talking about? A huge area for us, you know, the the reporting, the reconciliation, and giving visibility to accounts teams mm-hmm. um, on on tracking their payments and watching them come in. Because you know, if you're one penny out, you might as well be a million. You know, if it's yeah. adding up. So yeah. you know, all of those reports are completely actionable as well. You know, you can download anything as a CSV and upload it to your accountancy softwares. We also integrate with accountancy softwares as well to take another step out of the journey. Mm-hmm. So I think that's you know, I think those two are probably the the biggest ways and i think apart from that you know for us as a business it's it's sort of always been our uh, sort of consultative approach to to how we work with people you know mm-hmm. first of all, we want to understand that it is the right fit um then we really want to understand you know people's payment journeys because you know I mean, we've been working together now so we wanted to make sure that if we work with cpl <coughs> we can provide something that's going to be of real value to CPL clients. Where do you think EV charging is heading within the industry? Um, I, th- I think the we need to kind of split it into kind of two independent areas. There's EV charging for new build properties, yeah, uh, and EV charging for uh, properties where um, there's a a demand uh, from the owners to to retrofit. So I think EV charging for new build properties, we're already seeing this, um, that, uh, you know, most, well, it depends when when they were actually green lit, but most uh, new build blocks of flats that are going up now are are going in with the infrastructure there. As as Andrew Orr's memory puts it, um, stating something without data is just an opinion. So we do we do get a lot of data on our, from our members to to back up arguments. We signal to members upcoming legislation, how it will affect them, how best to prepare, um, and a big thing, of course, we represent the industry to government in terms of consultation responses, select committees. I think we've got twenty nine consultations on the go at the moment, wow. so we do all of that. And then the public as well. I won't just say we just help you know ourselves. We do help the public as well. So we engage a lot with government pointing out where legislation can be improved to help leaseholders where things aren't working so like energy prices we're, we're, we're on at the moment and make suggestions how to improve them so there's there's lots we can do is enough being done um the the, the straight answer to that one is we're we are trying our best to get things done as quickly as possible however you're, you're absolutely right not it's not that not enough is being done it's more that we are doing what we're doing and i really like chris's um um analogy there about war and how we're not going to tell anybody about the war until we've won it and he's absolutely right there and it's really pivotal actually what we need to do more of is you know lots of morale boosters i suppose um you know being able to as chris is saying communicate out because we have been doing an awful lot of good work i think we've we've just um we've, we've been so um preoccupied with not trying to build expectations because um, we know what we want as a final outcome, that's been clearly articulated in the mortgage lending and planning, you know, uh, working groups uh, report and its recommendations. So we do know where we're trying to get to. Um, but yeah, I think that's that is important, you know, because people now more than ever want to be involved in the management of their own property. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, gone are the days where the factor was 
some figure on high who dictated to the owners how the building would be maintained and how mm-hmm. much that would cost. So, so bringing the, the customers with us mm-hmm. is hugely important, and, and that's what we need to, you know, companies like yourselves to to help us with and really help us um, produce these products that will do that for us. Yeah, yeah. If you're going into a situation where you know there are going to be complaints, where you know there's going to be people antagonizing you, prepare for that in advance, right? What are some of the things that they could come up with? Okay, maybe I write down five different complaints they may have. What are going to be my my five different answers then to those complaints? You know, so so for, yeah. preparing that in advance can help. Okay. And then also knowing how to deal with the difficult questions that yeah. come your way. You know, having a, re- a response, a structure in mind for your response can help tremendously. You really are looking to have a combination of a whole raft of strengths in your um, in your team. So when you build a team, look at look at what the strengths you already have are, and then look at um, what other people can bring into that team.